All right, hello and good afternoon. It is day five. It is Sunday here at STLV and people are slowly <laughs> trickling back in to the convention area from having a what could be said is a long night because you had gaze in space and you had night of diversity last night. Okay, I need to check the schedule because I think a panel I want to see is happening right now. One second here. Okay, so we're going to pause right now. We're going to head into the main hall because Discovery Cast Panel 3 is happening right now. So we're going to be live tweeting all of that. So for those of you who are listening to this after all of this has happened, you can go to the Promenade Podcast Twitter page and you can follow along on what, pardon me, what happened. Okay, so we're pausing right now. All right, so we're back. Um, Discovery Panel 3 has just ended with Wilson Cruz, Anthony Rapp, Mary Wiseman, and Shazad Latif. I hope I pronounced that name correctly. So currently on the big stage, Ronald D. Moore. And in about 45 minutes, we're going to head back into the main room for the final Discovery Actors panel of the day with Doug Jones... Sonequa Martin-Green, Anson Mount, and I forget who the other person is. It'll come to me. All right, so we're now back in the vendor's room. So the vendor's room will be closing in about three hours at 5 p.m. And the reason for that is it's going to take everyone about seven hours to pack up and get everything out of the vendor's room, and at midnight, the convention that's in here the following week, starting tomorrow, Monday, is gonna start setting up in here. Ironically, it's an accounting convention. They're not as cool and hip as us Trekkers. So I'm here at a booth, and this gentleman has, I'd have to say, of Star Trek collectibles, very rare would be laser discs. Um, sir, how did you come in possession of the laser discs? I bought out a collection in Utah. The person sold me lock, stock, and barrel for a certain amount of money. So I bought lock, stock, and barrel for a certain amount of money. I've been selling it at this convention. I don't mind negotiating. All right. So that's how I got it. Thank you very much, sir. You're welcome. The booth next to um, the gentleman I just spoke to about the laser discs has 
has more Star Trek and Star Wars stuff, and I guess would be a holy grail for John Williams fans. They have the soundtrack to the original Star Wars film, 1977. They have the soundtrack on 8-track. So for those of you that have an 8-track player, go for it. I would have bought it, but I don't know what happened to my great-grandmother's 8-track players. Yes, I said players, plural. Don't judge me. That's my mother's job. So Andrew Robinson's here, Nathan Phillips, Chase Masterson, Max Grodencheck, Aaron Eisenberg, Robert O'Reilly, and J.G. Hertzler. Doug Jones is still currently signing. So it's day five of the 2018 convention and it can never be too late to speculate about the 2019 convention. So, and I bring this up because someone brought up a very good point a couple of nights ago that I hadn't thought of. So next year, 2019, will not be an anniversary for any specific series, sorry, because TOS was 66, TAS was 73, Next Gen was 87, DS9 was 93, Voyager was 95, so 2020 will be the Voyager 25th, and Enterprise was 20, or I'm sorry, was 2001. So their 20th will be 2021. So he brought this point that next year, 2019, will be the 10th anniversary of the JJ movies and the birth of the Kelvin timeline because 2009 was the first J.J. Star Trek movie. So that's one route they could go. Another route they could go is next year will be the 40th anniversary of the motion picture. But see, I don't think they're really big on celebrating movies here because if they were, last year they would have had something because last year was the 35th anniversary of the Wrath of Khan. So... It'll just be interesting to see what they're going to do for next year. Because 2020 is obvious. It's going to be the 20th and 25th anniversary of Voyager. And we can finally have that serious retrospective about Voyager. So we're back in Quarks. And they just finished an episode of TNG on the big screen. All right, so Jordan Hoffman's doing another round of Trek trivia. There are a lot of folks dressed in disco stuff, and it also happens to be, I saw a lot of people doing Mirror Universe stuff. Let me just check my phone here, because um, in about 20 minutes, we're going to head back into the main room, and we're going to see the last discovery panel of the convention. Well, can I interview you really quick, sir? Sure. So I see you're here with your daughter. How old is your daughter? She's three and a half. Okay, so she's at that age. That's right. <laughs> you want to say hi? Hi. Can you do that yet? <laughs> she's trying. She's trying. <laughs> so did, did you get her started on track? Oh, or? yeah. She's been start she's, she's, she started early on track. 
She loves it. Did you start her on the animated series first or the live action? Uh, you know, she's seen a couple of the movies. She liked she liked Star Trek IV. The one with the whales. The one with the whales. <laughs> so I know she's at that age where she repeats stuff she hears. She wasn't quoting any of Spock's lines from Star Trek IV. Maybe she might say, what do you say, live long? How, how do you say it? Live long prospect. Oh, there you go. Oh, I meant the other one where he goes. Oh, not, the, not those lines. No, okay. Right. Right, not all those lines. Okay, that's great. Okay. All right, we're gonna run to lunch. Can you say? Can you say bye? Bye. Let me give you my card, sir. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. No awesome. problem. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. You ready to go to lunch? Okay. So my problem. Bye. But, ma'am, can I interview you, but not in character? Oh, sure. Okay, then I'm going to give you my card. Yeah. So you can let everybody know who you're cosplaying as. I am cosplaying as Captain Killy. So, have a lot of people recognized you? Because I know there are some people that still haven't seen Discovery yet and probably have no idea who you are. Well, those people have been nice enough not to speak to me, I guess. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, someone described Captain Killy as the breakout character of um, Discovery. And so, yeah, she's a popular one. So where are you visiting us from? Uh, from Australia. Is this your first STLV? Uh, this is my third. Okay. So you're having a good time so far? Oh, it's been fantastic, yeah. So I have to ask, when you were packing everything and you were probably going through customs, were there, were there any odd, awkward questions with either customs leaving Australia or customs arriving in the United States? I was actually really sad that my bag didn't get checked by customs because <laughs> that would have been really fun. Um, it took two gigantic suitcases to get here, and I'm actually in the U.S. for five weeks, so the entire suitcase of costumes now has to tour the U.S. with me. Okay. Okay, thank you very much, ma'am. All right, so in about 15 minutes, we're going to be heading back into the big hall for the last discovery panel of the day. So, apparently, the people running the main room uh, a few hours ago posted on the big screen TVs in the main room. For those of you, if you've never been to the Nimoy Theater, if you're sitting all the way in the back, in what I like to lovingly call itchy, they have monitors where you can actually see the people on stage. So apparently one of the things, and they also what they use those monitors for, if someone is doing an autograph session in the big, big room, they'll tell you where they are and if they're doing gold captain's chair signings first and then PDFs based on the number that your PDF, PDF ticket is. And then people who actually buy paper tickets at the convention. 
So there was an announcement that says, please refrain from political questions or we must discontinue your question. So I don't know what happened with that. So we'll figure that out. So stuff happened, so we're not at the discovery panel that I wanted to be at, but that's okay. If you really wanted to know what happened at that panel, I highly recommend following Trek Movie, Trek Core, and going back and seeing all of their tweets from that panel. So we're still here in the vendor's room. I said everybody is probably in the big hall because... Sonequa Martin-Green is doing her first STLV. So that's where everyone is. I know that for sure, at 5, no, at 4.15, for sure, we're, gonna, we're going to the main panel because they're going to be doing a screening of Far Beyond the Stars. And then afterwards, they're going to be doing a panel with the actors. This is the second one of those type of panels that they're doing here. They did one Wednesday, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday, with the outrageous Akona, and then immediately afterwards, they had Joe Piscopo and Brent Spiner on stage doing a panel. And it's one of those interesting facts you find out when they wrote the data subplot for that episode, they had written it because they wanted to get Jerry Lewis to play the comic. And I guess for whatever reasons, he either he didn't like the script or he wasn't available or ghosts that he still carries. And by that, I mean um, a podcast that I listened to called the Gilbert Godfrey Amazing Colossal Podcast. I know Gilbert Godfrey does a podcast, but it's not what you think it is. They chronicle old Hollywood and they have actors who, who've done things and who worked with other actors that are no longer with us and they had Tony Orlando on and they were talking about how Tony Orlando all of the hoops he had to go through to get to work with Jerry Lewis on his show variety show and how after they had taped the show he goes visit visits Jerry Lewis in his dressing room and Jerry's sobbing and Tony Orlando asks him, well, what, what what happened what's wrong and it's it's like I was working with Dean. It's like Dean was here. So I don't know what personal demons that he still carries from that breakup from with Dean, but Jerry Lewis was a very complicated person, believe it or not. So possibly in the alternate reality where a different candidate won Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, there's an, the episode of the outrageous Akona in that universe it's Jerry Lewis playing the comic. So, yeah, I know, we went to that tangent. Um, so they did a panel like that either Wednesday or Thursday. So today on Sunday, this was advertised that they were going to be doing this panel for the 25th anniversary of TNG. And almost all the actors who are in the episode, and Iris Stephen Bear and I think one of the writers, are going to be on the panel. And then in bold letters it said... Avery Brooks will not be in attendance. Because we don't... Avery Brooks doesn't do conventions anymore. He's... Either he's burned out on them or... 
For those of you who who are probably not familiar with STLV, Saturday night of the convention they do a big concert. And with the exception of last year when they had like a jazz band, they had James Darren and Chase Masterson, and I'm not sure if Nana sang. So as I was saying, they have this concert, and I guess last night their tuba player something happened. If he, had, I'm not sure if he had a heart attack or something, and they had to have EM teams come and arrive, and. I guess he had died, so that was why there was a delay in the concert last night. So let's go into Quarks and see what's happening in here. And someone needs to reset the DVD player. They just did. Yay, technology. So currently on the CBS All Access stage, they're doing Star Trek Adversaries. That's a new game that's currently available on PC and Mac and is available as a mobile game on iOS devices. I don't know if it will be coming to Android. That'll be something to ask the folks at that booth. Oh, sweet, it's Gambit Part 2. Wait, let me tweet this out. All right, so we're back in the main hallway. There's music in the background, and it's Jerry Goldsmith's score to the motion picture. Ma'am, can I interview you really quick? I love your cosplay. It went viral on Wednesday, that picture. Was it Thursday? I remember, but... It went viral. So you can let everybody know who... Who your mashup cosplay is? It's a mashup between Cobra Kai and Kai Win. So it's Cobra Kai Win. So does that make her more evil? I would think so. <laughs> They're both pretty evil. <laughs> That's why the, the two together make sense. Where, where, where'd you get the idea for it? Actually, I did not get the idea. My husband did. <laughs> so he said he was working out one day and we were watching the series. Oh, and Cobra Kai. The series Cobra Kai, yes. And he said that, yeah, that he thought of it. It just like, came to him. So he told me about it. And since I do costumes, he's like, you have to do that this year. I was like, sweet, I'll try. So, yeah. Can I get your picture really quick? Thank you. Good afternoon. So we're heading back into the vendor's room. I thought nothing bad ever happened to women wearing red tunics. It's just a bad day for me. <laughs> <laughs> you having fun so far? Yeah, it's awesome. This is your first STLV? Yeah, it is. Where are you visiting from? England. Has it lived up to the hype? Definitely. Definitely better than we get back home. Destination Star Trek? Yeah, awful. Don't bother. I've heard the stories. They nickel and dime you. If you want, if you want to see a panel, it's five pounds. If you want to sit... While you're watching the panel, it's another five pounds. Shame is it's not five pounds, it's like 50 pounds, so, yeah. So, what, other than that, what are the differences? Because someone told me a couple of days ago that essentially that's basically a vendor's room with stages cordoned off. But the recent one 
didn't even have a vendor's room. There were a couple of stalls. There was nothing to do unless you wanted to pay money. So, yeah. But the National Exhibition Center is such a big space from my understanding. It's a very big space, but they didn't utilize it at all. So... So you're enjoying the way this is set up more? I am, yeah. It, it's good here. It's great. I'm having fun. Would you would you recommend your fellow Trekkies in the UK to come over here to Vegas instead of doing Destination Star Trek? Well, I bought my captain's chair for next year this morning, so yeah, <laughs> I'm all for it. Okay, let me give you my card. Cool. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm Robert. I'm Kimmy. Hi, Kimmy. So Denise is currently still at her table. I think she's the only one doing all five days this year. My understanding is Brent double booked himself, so he's doing something on the East Coast. That was my understanding. Somebody can fact check me on that one month after the convention. Because remember, time is linear. Well, can I interview you really quick? So let everybody know who you're cosplaying. I am cosplaying Gary Seven. So where is your sonic screwdriver? What? Right here. Okay. And careful, it's set to kill. But time lords don't kill. Gary Seven is not a time lord. Gary Allegedly. 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 No, Gary Seven is just a human who comes from a yet undiscovered planet. From the future. No, from the past. Gary Seven was in the 60s. He did not expect to meet the Enterprise in Earth orbit in 1968. He, they were the ones from the future. Okay, yes. But the tech, but Gary Seven was a human from the past who went to the future and then he went to the past with technology. Unfortunately, we just don't know. We just don't know. Well, I thought the comic explained that. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We just love the episode. It would have been... If, you weren't doing this yesterday, were you? We were not. Because, oh, I forget his last name, but Ralph, one of the guys from Star Trek Continues, they did a short with him as President Nixon. And there's a cover of the, the Gary Seven comics with Gary Seven and two President Nixons. Mm. Wow, that sounds interesting. That sounds interesting. Uh, I might have to check that one out. Check okay. out. All right, and you're cosplaying... I am Isis, Gary Seven's uh, shape-shifting engineer cat. So where'd you get the idea to do um, Assignment Earth? Well, we were just watching the episode one day, and I just thought it looked like a really fun costume to do, and we hadn't done a couples cosplay together. So we decided this would be a great choice for our first one. And it's been received okay? Oh yeah, it's been received great. Uh, we've had a lot of positive support. Um, I was very nervous because essentially it's a it's a suit and tie for me, and so uh, when I walk around the casino by myself, people keep thinking I'm a pit boss, and they ask me questions about about their money and stuff. But you should uh, say I work at the Tangiers. I work at the Tangiers. You never saw casino. I of course I saw casino. Okay, then I want a blueberry muffin with the same number of blueberries in each muffin. Well, that's why I have the uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the uh, screwdriver for. But yes, um, but when we're together, uh, everyone instantly gets it. We were really well received at the uh, TOS photo op this morning as well. We were the only, uh, we were the only ones who showed up to that one, so we were excited about really? that. Really? Well, the only Gary Seven and Isis to show up, okay. but a lot of great other costumes from TOS as well. Okay, so besides the obvious 
uniforms, what other cosplays did you see? Um, there was a lot of great costumes from um, oh uh, the Cloudminders. The Cloudminders okay. were there, um, uh, and there was a uh, Tiny Gorn. There was there was Little Gorn, um, and uh, there was an Amanda Grayson oh, wow. uh, from Journey to Babel, which was really good. Um, and who else? Oh, and a lot of uh, great Mirror Universe, uh, Mirror Universe Kirks. Yeah, as well. I think today was Mirror Universe Day. Okay, thank you. And LeVar Burton still here. All right, so we're back in the main hall. You can tell because you can hear the music. I think that might be the Doomsday Machine. The only reason I say that is because Star Trek, in that episode, a good, I want to say nine years before Jaws, did a motif, boom, 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 for that episode. All right, so we're back in Quarks. Um, I'm not going to lie, that was a very emotional panel. Um with Doug Jones, Sonequa Martin-Green, and Anson Mount. So to help, as a plastic cleanser, we're back in Quarks and they're showing the TNG season seven episode, Dark Page. And we do have a couple of breaking news. Well, it's breaking as I say this. It's probably old news by the time you hear this. Tomorrow, August 6, 2018, you can pre-order Season 1 of Star Trek Discovery on Blu-ray or DVD and will include about four hours of bonus features and behind-the-scenes footage and interviews. It'll be available for sale in stores November 13th. As I said, they were going to be doing a screening of Far Beyond the Stars and then an after panel but that discovery panel got real heavy alright so we're back we're out of Quarks and currently you have folks as I said they're doing a screening of Far Beyond the Stars right now in the main room and afterwards they're doing a panel with a lot of the actors and Iris Stephen Bear and some of the writers. And now it's the, the ceremonial, everyone leaving the vendor's room, sponsored by Dynasty Global Worldwide. Dynasty Global Worldwide, they specialize in your entertainment and shipping needs. Their motto is, we got you. It's currently 4.43 right now. People looking for a bargain this would be the time to do it because in about 15 minutes they're going to close up everything and kick us all out. As I said earlier, everyone has about seven hours to pack everything up and to leave. So at midnight, the new, the new convention can shut up, set up, shut up. And ironically, English is my first language. So I got to go the long way around. So at the Discovery Autograph table, 
You've got, I'm not really going to try to pronounce her name, Emily Count, Rekha Sharma, Anson Mount, Doug Jones. Okay, so we're going to leave the vendor's room before they start kicking people out. Can I interview you really quick, sir? Okay, so Admiral, yes. if you can let everybody know wh um, what specifically you're an Admiral of. Okay, this uniform is an Admiral in Orville, the Planetary Union in the TV show Orville, which is um, concurrent and unrelated to Star Trek. It's a different TV series. Yes, and a lot of people, um, either they love the Orville or they're not a fan of Seth MacFarlane's brand of humor. Um... Well, there certainly are people that are not, and I guess I'm sort of not either, but I recognize his genius, and I recognize that he's a huge Star Trek fan, and I really, really love what he's done with the show, and I know a lot of people that are fans of both Star Trek and the Orville. Now, do you agree that, it, that it's a love letter to TNG, or that they're doing something else? Uh, visually, it's a love letter to TNG. The set designs, the costume designs are clearly evocative of TNG, which is one of the reasons I like it. Uh, they are trying to do something, though. They're trying to kind of be a serious sci-fi show with a lot of humor as well, and that blending is very difficult, and they haven't always succeeded, but they're really working on it, and I think they're going to change and succeed even more next year. Yes. Well, I, I did notice that when I saw the trailer for season two of Discovery, and there were two specific elements that were very Orville-esque, the ending bit and the turbo lift. And the other one with the helmsman going, yeah, we got you, we got you. I noticed that as well, that the, the humorous turbo lift thing at the end really troubled me just pragmatically by the 23rd century. I'm pretty sure they have Kleenex technology down somewhere, and yeah. that just seemed a very low, low blow. Um, I wouldn't argue that it was specifically trying to be Orville-esque. I think, you know, the Star Trek folks could have thought about putting humor in as well. Yeah. Um, but I did notice that they're, they're, that they're both meeting having seen both trailers. Yeah. I, I, you're not the only one to notice the similarity. I think it's a valid observation, but I don't know that it really means anything over yeah. that. So how has your um, uh, cosplay been received today? Oh, uh, quite well. I actually was uh, delighted to find several other Orville cosplayers in all the other uh, uniform colors except for one. We got a picture, and I know that even the orange uh, bridge officer was somewhere in the building, but we didn't get to connect. Um, no, there's a lot of folks that are fans of both, uh, you know, as am I. I. I did literally buy this costume uh, while being really upset about how much I'm sort of upset with the canon issues with Discovery, but, uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of both. Well, what issues specifically do you have with Discovery? More than we'd have time to go into. Okay. Um, the, the technology, the uh, uniforms? No serious problems with the technology other than the spore drive, which is just, you know, biology doesn't lead to, you know, transwarp propulsion. That's not how biology works. Big issues with um, sort of selectively deciding parts of canon to ignore more subtle, like, interesting parts of canon that most of the audience won't know that they put little references in to say look how connected we are to canon and yet like we have this new species that looks nothing like Klingons that we're calling Klingons and then next season we're apparently going to rewrite everything to explain how oh yeah there's a logical way that these can become the Klingons but for all the people who stop watching in the first year they're never going to know that because 
and, and, and a hundred other issues like that. Also, Starfleet is supposed to be the best of the best of humanity. And when you see um, what's supposed to be a very endearing character of Engineer Stamets yelling at Tilly in a way that no Starfleet officer should, should act, and you see an evil captain whose evilness isn't detected, supposedly by the audience and clearly by the rest of the crew for the whole season, says all of Starfleet is that corrupt now because the Starfleet that we know about would have not have tolerated somebody with that amount of, of evil you know, backstory. And it's just not true to the whole point of Star Trek to me. Okay. But you, but you are going to watch season two? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. And it's 5.03. They believe they've already closed the vendor's room. So, starting to thin out. The last big panel of the day is, is the after panel or after viewing panel for Far Beyond the Stars, which is happening right now. And then tonight at 9.30 is going to be the grand finale that closes STOV the Rat Pack. So I guess there was a delay with the, the start of the screening. They, they're just ending the episode. So we're making our way back up the hallway. So the episode is just ended. So they're going to have the after panel. With that, I am going to call it a day. We're not going to call it a convention yet because we will be back to the Rio tonight for the traditional after party where the 2018 convention may have ended, but we are starting the countdown to 2019. And as Bill Smith, one of the co-hosts of the Trek Geeks podcast, informed me, as of right now, August 5th, 2018, it is currently 360 days until STLV 2019 which will be held here at the Rio from July 31st through August 4th. So on behalf of a cast of thousands, this is Robert Reyes for Promenade Podcast. We'll see you next time.